0: This is the Horse Radio Network. To live stream or to not live stream, the Keyboard Warriors are at it again, and this time an amateur rider is at the center of it. We discuss our unpopular opinions on when to use draw reins, and is the guy who imported cocaine to fund his daughter's show jumping career the dad of the year or a downright scoundrel? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where three horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to to Happy 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 Hour! Hour. I'm Justine Griffin.
1: I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Alex Wells. Welcome to episode 16 of Heels Down Happy Hour.
0: Woohoo! Episode 16. Alex, we're super glad that you're you're back and you're going to be on the show and, uh, I hope you're having fun while we're doing this. <laughs> oh, I
1: am too. I'm loving this. Hopefully we can keep getting, or I can keep getting better and better every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enjoying you. And then, so one of our re- uh,
2: listeners from joined our Facebook group called Heels Down Happy Hour Facebook Lounge. Her name's Danny. She recommended a drink for us to try. You ready for it?
0: Yes. Let's hear it.
2: So it's Michigan apple pie drinking vinegar. I feel like this is right up Justine's alley, first off.
0: I've never actually tried anything like this. Uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, like people mixing drinking vinegars with liquor, um, and they're usually like flavored, like this apple pie one that she suggested, but I've never tried this before.
2: Yeah, so this is their, their apple pie is their signature flavor, and it's delicious and rich in spice and flavor, she says. And they can mix it with bourbon. You can apparently braise some pork chops or bake a pie and add this. So you can actually use this for other things. But what she recommended we use it is is take 16 ounces of the Michigan apple pie and mix it with apples, cane sugar, and... Or no, that's the ingredients in it, actually. It's (laughs) apple cider vinegar, apples, organic cane sugar, and spices, And she says to mix it with bourbon, whiskey, rum, or brandy. And they have all these different recipes that we'll have to link for the
0: website. So do you think it smells as bad as, like, normal vinegar smells? Like, if you spilled it on yourself, would you just, like, smell gross, like, vinegar all the time? I don't know.
2: Everybody drinks that apple cider vinegar. I can't do it. But a lot of people drink it in the mornings.
1: It will definitely burn your esophagus. But I feel like anything like that mixed with bourbon has to be good. I'm a bourbon yeah. fan.
0: We like you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you mean it burns your esophagus? Jess, have you tried it before? Have you drank apple cider vinegar?
2: No, Just- but I have a lot of people that think it's like, I don't know, there's got like good qualities to it for like your digestion or something. I don't really know. But oh, like a health thing? It's a health thing. And like. I do my green smoothies in the morning, but I cannot douse down some apple cider vinegar.
1: It's supposed to kind of be a cleansing agent, but I had a pretty poor experience with it myself, so I won't be trying that again anytime soon. <laughs> Just, the smell of it, I don't think I could get it down.
2: So who knows, but we'll we'll have to try this one because we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, definitely. This episode is presented by Ecogold. Ecogold is proud to put your horse first with technology that helps keep your horse comfortable in his work. Add a flip half pad to your Ecogold collection for the best of both worlds, both traditional and fun. Shop now at ecogold.ca. All right, guys, so it's time for news, and I've got a really... (laughs) Not really silly, but I think it's really awesome. Uh, maybe it's because I lived in Orlando and I've been to Medieval Nights. Have you guys ever been to one of those shows where you eat with your hands and you shout at the knights and all the crazy crap? No. Oh, oh yeah. You, you have, have been? It? Oh, my God. You Okay, Jess, you're totally missing out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone has right. to go once.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, tough. I'm down for it, but I didn't even, I mean. They even have. It. I didn't know people really went for them, honestly.
0: There, there are, there are a bunch of them too, they're like all over the country. Um, Not so, in Hague, South Carolina,
2: but. Well,
0: um, <laughs> <outside>. <laughs> so they're like in Dallas, there's one in Orlando, I know there's one in New Jersey, I think there's one in like outside Chicago, but they actually breed their own horses for the show. Like they breed their own, um, like Spanish horses usually, uh, like Lipizzaners oh. and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh wow, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. But so because I remember in Orlando, um, they helped with our mascot program at my college because they had like the, we got a lot of horses through them so over the years and that kind of thing. But you, um, have,
2: you have to tell Alex what your mascot was and she wasn't on the show. And so you have to remind her what your, oh, yeah. your listeners what you were.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so, Alex, since you went to school in Florida, too, I went to UCF in Orlando and I was one of several knights who rode the we had like a, a lip who went on the football field and we dressed as a knight and rode him around the football field. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs>
2: that is <laughs> so, awesome. The pictures yeah. are incredible. It's awesome. Oh, my I goodness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, it was a cool thing. Um, but we like so anyways, we took care of the horse, but because medieval times was close, you know, they um occasionally had stuff to do with the the college as well. But anyways, so back to my news, because this has nothing to do <laughs> with it. Medieval Knights is replacing the kings in the show with queens. So now all um it's usually like Jess, since you haven't been there, it's like rows of people and in the spectators and you watch and you they everyone sits around this like giant dirt ring and you're watching knights on horseback like joust and do ridiculous stunts and kind of things on horseback. And some of it's like some of it's like based in real dressage and trick riding and stuff. But uh but anyway, so it's usually like a knight that sits like you know, he's like the powerful figure that the knights are having to perform for the king. But now yeah. they're changing it all to queens instead. And so the queen is the one in charge, uh, I guess, judging these knights who are performing for her to win or whatever. And uh, this New oh. York Times, yeah, this New York Times story is saying it's been provoked by the Me Too and Time's Up. Like, no way. Women equality movement. You are yeah. kidding me. <laughs> I swear that's what the story says. Um, so it's um, interesting. It's because,
2: interesting, but
0: really? <laughs> I know they're really I, I don't know if that would really boost their attendance do you, I mean do you think
2: no I mean I kind of expect to have the knight
0: there
2: not a queen I know but I so. mean
0: Alex you've been I mean the the guys who ride who like play the knights are usually like they're pretty poor riders
2: right I mean, so they're sad. hoping that these are going to be better riders
0: maybe three. girl power maybe I we have gonna to say. go yes We'll make our apple cider vinegar drinks and show up for medieval nights. <laughs> like, I'll,
2: come, well, I'll come down to Florida. Perfect. <laughs> All right. We'll in meet in Orlando. We'll flower. Yes. We'll meet in Orlando. It's awesome. All right. All right. Well, on a way different news, mine has nothing to do about nights and everything else. Mine's, um, mine's a little sad, actually. Um, there was a British show jumper. Her father was caught smuggling almost $4 million worth of cocaine in the horse box and he just was found guilty from the court that he got sentenced to 17 years in jail for smuggling almost 4 million dollars or 4 million pounds sorry of a class A drug they found over 50 kilos of the class A drug cocaine
0: that's holy crap that's a lot of drugs and so why wasn't did any of like a motive
2: um well i guess Said he was like transporting it to like another female associate, but he basically said, you know, the horses are expensive and he, he was a, um, former show jumper as well and horse dealer and the horses were expensive. So he, that was his way of funding his daughter's career. Kind of sad. Wow. <laughs> so, oh my takes God.
1: The horse dealer to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, but it was really interesting. I was like, wow. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I don't know exactly how much kilos of cocaine looks like, but seems like a lot of cocaine to smuggle across the
1: border. I'm sure it was shocking for whatever agent found all of that.
2: Yeah, because he said, oh, these aren't, he didn't even say that the horses were show jumpers or anything else. He just said, you know, they're just going across the border and the border patrol got a little suspicious and then searched and found 50 kilos. I was like, wow, that's a lot.
0: That's pretty bold. I mean, like to just be like, "Screw it, I'm going to put it in the horse box,"
2: you know? Yeah, yeah, with the horses in there and everything. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll you to
1: get away with it.
0: <laughs> Yikes!
2: Yeah. and the poor daughter, she like went to the court every day, like during the trial, and the judge did say that, like basically, she didn't think that. I don't imagine for a moment that he let the daughter know what she was do what he was doing, and basically said she was an innocent victim and that she'll suffer for this, and it's kind of sad. So
0: that is yeah. Sad.
2: Yeah. So hopefully, what do you have for us, Alex? Is it brighter news or crazier news about
1: nights? <laughs> and it's not quite as crazy, but it's still a little bit sad. Anybody who's watched the Super Bowl, if you're anything like me, you've always looked forward to the Budweiser commercial with the Clydesdales. And this is the first time this anyone who watched it knows in 17 years, they didn't have the Clydesdales in their Super Bowl ad. Um, it, was it was
2: sad.
0: That is sad.
2: I As before. much as I love the Super Bowl, but I do love the commercials.
0: Oh, totally. Well, in the Budweiser ones, they're always like the tearjerkers. Like, well, it, I think it was just a couple of years ago, the one with the dog and yes, the tail. puppy. The yeah,
1: puppy one. Favorite. That was the best.
0: Like, I tear up still thinking about it, you know?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. That really. And I mean, watching the Super Bowl, okay, I was, we the the team politics out of it, but I wasn't yeah. thrilled about either of the teams in it. So I was, Truly looking forward to the commercials, and I was really disappointed when we got to the end, and I was like, guys, where are the Clydesdales?
2: Oh, my gosh, it was sad. Speaking really really quickly of the politics on it, you will be real appreciative. My mother-in-law is in town, Doug's mom, was cheering for the Eagles because they're the underdogs. And so it was actually probably one of the funniest because we're just at home with the family. We didn't really have a big party or anything. The whole time, she's like, wow, that was a great play. She's not really a big football fan, but she was just fearing for the underdogs. And you'd see Doug's face, and he was mad the whole entire time. Like, a good oh play God. would happen. He's like, this is amazing. And he's like, really? Really? Steam coming
1: upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> It
2: was I mean, not that I wanted to see him miserable or anything else, but it was really funny, honestly. I was like, this is actually more entertaining turning around watching the two of them than watching the big screen of the football
0: game going on. Oh, my God. A rift between the pains. But it wasn't
2: even, she didn't even care about the team was the funnier part. You know, she's like, go underdogs. And she wasn't paying attention. She goes, we scored oh my God, that's amazing. And she would missed it. It happened five minutes prior. And she's like, oh my God, we're doing so well. Ducks like, thanks for rubbing it in. Like, <laughs> oh. It was priceless. Do you know how to tell if your horse is a senior? If you guessed age, you'd be wrong because not all horses age at the same rate. So how do you know if your horses entered their golden years? Well, you might have noticed a white hair or some gray around the muzzles and eyes, weight loss, low energy, decline in dental condition, or a choppier gait due to their aches and pains. If any of these describe your horse, he or she might be a senior, and it might be a good time to start him or her on Purina Equine Senior or Equine Senior Active Horse Feed. They both have active age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through the years of research to support a senior's horse's aging immune system. With Purina Equine Senior, a greatness never ages. To learn more, visit purinamills.com backslash equine senior.
1: So over the weekend, I tried out this really cool new product that I've actually been looking for for a long time. Um, Have you guys heard about the Muir overshoes?
0: I have not, but I really like saying Muir. Muir. I know, very fancy. No, but I
2: saw your picture, and it looks really awesome, and I was hoping you were going to tell us about it.
1: So I don't know about you guys, but forever, especially when I was younger, I'd try to use kind of the rubbers. Um, I can't remember who made them, but they were really hard to put on over my boots and, you know, to keep the mud and everything out of them and to try and keep them polished, you know, especially at the horse shows. and but you I, couldn't get them off. Couldn't get them off, and so I just wouldn't use them at all. So that was sort of a complete waste. But the Muir covers are really, really easy to use. They're thinner. I don't know if it's a different kind of material, but they're just—they're so much easier to function in. They keep the soles super clean and they keep, you know, the boots looking perfectly polished until you're ready to ride or compete or whatever you're doing. And it's just nice not to have to worry about trudging through the mud. And then also how I'm going to get them off when I need to, you know, they just come right on and off and they even fit over your sneakers.
0: Oh, interesting. That's cool. Do they have yeah. any like grip? Like, cause sometimes with those rubbery things that you could put on your boots, you can slide them on, but then they make the bottom of your feet kind of slippery. Totally. No, they do.
1: They're. They're, you know, you don't really notice them until you kind of feel them, you know, in your hand, but they have a little bit of a grip on the bottom and they also come in a lot of really fun colors. If you're looking to do something from the, you know, stray from the black or brown, you know, I have like, I love your hot pink ones. Oh yeah. They're super fun. They're really, really fun. So can you ride in them? You can, I, you know, I'm actually was planning on trying on doing it tomorrow because, it was a little bit muddy at the barn today when the water truck came by and I was thinking, well, perfect opportunity to try it out. But I did, like, I did everything. I bathed a horse. I went back and forth to the ring. I set jumps. And when I took them off at the end of the day, my boots were perfect on the bottom, so. Well,
2: and how nice, like, especially, like, I know we go to a bunch of horse shows where the footing will get wet. And I hate wearing my tall boots to the ring to set fences for our husbands because <laughs> that's where we usually <laughs> see each other. But you go set fences and you're like, Hold on, I got to change shoes again because I
1: don't want to go and
2: ruin my nice shoes.
1: No, totally, totally the game changer for sure. So you guys,
0: even the cool colors, like you feel like you could wear them to a horse show. Like you like them enough to wear to a horse show?
1: Yeah, I do because they're they're kind of they're dynamic enough. You know, like the fit and everything. It's not overwhelming. It's kind of just a fun sort of twist on the old school rubber.
2: Yeah. And I think it'd be fun. Like I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Like she has really cute shoes on in the warm up ring.
0: Yeah. So, interesting. Are they, are they pretty affordable? Cause sometimes like these things you're like, wow, those would be really perfect and practical, but I don't want to spend an arm and a leg. They really are. I mean, in
1: my opinion, at least they're 49.95 in the U S at a ton of talk tax shops. And then they're also sold at Greenhawk in Canada at 64.99 Canadian dollars. So, I mean, oh. I think that's, reasonable considering yeah that's super reasonable i'm I'm thinking i'm saving money on boot polish because i won't have to keep polishing the bottoms of my boots you know over and over again yeah
0: absolutely and they're durable like you feel like they're they will last for a long time and like hand up or stand up to heavy duty work definitely i think because of whatever rubber it is that's not super
1: hard to get on and off you know you're not wearing on them as much so they just they're i i think they'd last a really long time so very cool yeah. All
0: right. So, anyways, guys, I want to change the subject a little bit and talk about something that's a little bit more controversial. Um, I'm sure at this point you guys have seen all of the uproar on social media and stuff about what happened with that adult amateur writer out at the West Coast Dressage Festival in Del Mar. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when I first read about this stuff, and then I, you know, I was curious and I feel like a bad person for even saying this, but I looked for the video, I wanted to see it for myself. And uh, it was definitely a, a cringeworthy experience to try to understand what was happening in that dressage test because it was just not good riding. But it, um, like even just talking about it right now, like it makes my gut fired up because I just I can't believe how people jumped on the internet to bash this woman who we don't know and we don't know the circumstances of that ride. And we don't we don't know a lot of things. We just know that the ride was bad and the horse was not happy, but he still did his job. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, she ended up she ended up getting disqualified for that ride. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that bad riding like that that maybe is questionably abuse? I don't I don't know. If what do you guys think? If that's abuse, should should we? Should a person who just happened to be on a live stream at a national show be subject to that kind of ugliness on the internet?
1: You know, I think that, like you see all the time with with the new age of the internet and how many classes are live streamed, I think it's really easy for people, you know, watching at home that maybe aren't at that level to kind of sit there and criticize and jump on their keyboards and start kind of going off about something. And look, abuse is never Okay. But I just think that there are more productive ways to maybe talk about it and deal with it rather than just tearing people down on the
0: internet.
2: Yeah, I agree. What do you think? I agree. Jess? And I think well, I think it's the same thing. I think it's you know the peanut gallery. It's really easy for them to comment and say I could have done this better. But you know you got to give her credit. She was out there doing it. She was trying really hard. And then instead, because it happened to be live stream, and you don't know, like maybe she was just having a bad day, like. You just don't know the circumstances, and to go and just say and blast it on the internet, I just don't think it's ever really necessary.
0: I just, don't, I'm not sure what it accomplished because yeah. then, then you know, the Dressage Festival put out this comment on their Facebook, and they literally like stopped their live stream for like a hot minute, uh, and I think it was because of like this overwhelming response of people going crazy. Yeah. So, and, and like, what does that accomplish for anybody then? If now, now people can't even watch the live stream, you know, and
2: so well, I exactly. just, And then, you know, you just basically just took away one of their like biggest things where everybody loves live stream. It's great. Everybody else can watch it. Now, no one gets to watch any rides because of this one act, basically.
0: So I, I have a question for you guys. What if this rider who rode terribly, and if uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but, um, what if it was a professional? Would that change the conversation? I no. mean,
1: maybe the professional has less excuses for it to have been as bad as it was. I mean, it's just you know, it's one thing for someone to be blatantly abusing an animal or you know, overusing a certain aid in a way that's not appealing to people that are watching, but you know, this sort of this gray area, like where where does that line? begin and end
0: yeah and that's a good point so i uh horse Chunkies united had a blogger write about this topic um which i thought i thought the writer did a pretty good job basically agreeing with us with like don't be a keyboard bully on the internet but uh the writer really got into what are the safety and or and i guess abuse protocols that various you know governing bodies have so like you know, the U.S. HJA versus US, U.S. equestrian? Like, if you see abuse or you think this is abuse, how can you report it? And also, what's the responsibility of a steward or a judge even on what they saw? So, obviously, I imagine that rider did not get great scores from the judge, um, but a dressage judge could stop you, right? If they think the test is just really bad, they could just excuse you, right? Yes. Okay. So, um... But is is there, and I'm sure there are are rules for, like, use of excessive whipping and spurs, just like any other discipline, right? Yeah.
2: And so, you know, they can at any point disqualify you or, you know, basically eliminate you or stop you at any moment.
0: Gotcha.
1: The tricky thing is it's discretionary because I've seen instances you know in show jumping where somebody will be going around an fei you know a a, let's say it's a two-star ranking class during the week and a horse has a second disobedience and the rider then whips it three or four times and it's like well you can't go back and jump the jump now so now you've you know on video made yourself and the sport look kind of silly because you're basically
0: just beating this horse for no reason
1: and then the judge has to disqualify you and everybody loses
0: yeah yeah that's a good point but speaking of show jumping do you guys remember that video of that uh, i think it's an austrian show jumper um and he gosh yeah he had a really bad ride back in june uh and it was filmed and it like it went viral on the internet between horse people just like how terrible that ride was um but so it's interesting just recently uh Uh, He was banned for five years for damaging the sports reputation, which I think is really interesting. So I think it was more than one ride. It was more than just like one thing that people, one video people saw. Um, But this, you know, this, in this instance, uh, they really cracked down on somebody for bad riding, which is interesting. I mean, do you guys have, do you think that that could happen in dressage too, or it's just, it's all circumstantial and we only know from that one ride?
2: Yeah, I think it's all circumstantial. And I don't know if, I don't know about like, it'd be interesting to know if the USEF or the USDF or different federations could in this country ban you for five years for bad riding. If it's not really, you know, like where, cause where do you draw the line of what abuse is? So, you know, maybe, and, and then you're discouraging people to come out cause they're afraid like you're going to judge them on bad riding where it's, they're not abusive maybe they're not a great rider, but they're not a bad rider, you know? So then a lot of amateurs might, or professionals might be like, well, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the rules are because I don't know if the federations have that in place to do that in this country.
1: Totally. And I mean, I remember watching that video and I guess, like you said, Justine, there are, there have been more than one, you know, video or offense from this rider that was banned, but You know, that's kind of a slippery slope if you start kind of seeing a video of a rider that, you know, is riding poorly and around and the Federation can then just say, oh, well, you're banned for five years because, you know, you rode very poorly. You know, it's again, it's that line, like what is abuse and what is just, well, this rider probably shouldn't have entered this class, you know, because their ability isn't at that level, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit scary. Because or the horse is just having a bad day and it's not jumping well
2: and it normally does and it's just backed off or whatever the reason.
0: Exactly. All right so from one hot topic to the next I also wanted to talk about draw reins in this episode because uh Mag did a really good web article a couple months ago about you know why draw reins are controversial and I'm sure you guys have seen it also on the internet where people like see one picture of one person riding in draw reins. And it's like, you've ruined the horse forever and it will never be functional ever again, just because you had draw reins on the horse. And I understand that this is a piece of equipment that can be used incorrectly and it could be uh, dangerous or harmful to an animal. But I wanted to ask you as you guys uh, obviously ride a lot and just you ride professionally, if, if you guys can talk about when you use draw reins, or when is it appropriate to use them, or when is it not, in just in your own experiences? I think, so us, you-
2: I think it's, I think, is a little bit of like circumstantial, like per horse, per rider, per situation. I honestly think draw reins can be a good tool. Like, I think there's a lot of instances where people will overbit up a horse and do all this, where the draw reins would help it because maybe it just wants to grab the bit for a second. it will hit its own contact with the draw reins and then you're not cranked down like you know you can give and you can use more of the snaffle 90% of the time and it's just that little percent where they go to be kind of rude honestly that you could they can hit themselves and go oh and it catches them and then the draw reins are right there so for us you know there's definitely horses that need them and we use them and it's never to like crank them. It's not to get them round. Like, that's not why we use draw reins, but it's just a different tool. And I honestly, I'd prefer them than putting in a big bit in the horse's mouth because I think they can then get numb to that big bit. I totally do agree. You, yeah, Alex, I mean, what do you guys are kind of the same?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, if used properly, I think they can, you know, allow for horses to maybe work better through their top line mm-hmm. and potentially in less time then it would take, you know, with a, with a different bit and maybe with less wear and tear as a result. Like for me, my horse that I jump in the low amateurs is 16 and, you know, knock on wood, he's in great shape. But, you know, on the days that I don't want to drill him for 35 minutes, you know, I can put a pair of drawings on him and it helps just engage him a little bit quicker. You know, he's maybe a little bit hitchier behind in his old age and it really helps him to kind of come underneath himself and work properly. Um, You know, Andrew will use them on some of his Grand Prix horses every now and again. We really, you know, we personally like to switch things up. We'd never use them kind of every day on a horse. But I think in moderation, like you said, without cranking them, it has the potential to maybe help and, you know, get a job done faster because you think, you know, do I work a horse for twice as long because I'm, you know, grinding on him and trying to get him to work properly without drawings, or maybe there's a day where you only have 25 minutes and... It helps to kind of get the job done a little bit faster and engage them properly.
0: So I used, I used draw reins on one young horse I had, and I, I'm an amateur, I, and I ride at the lower levels. And when I first started using them, I was very nervous and I was like very overly conscious of how to use them. But I had a young Hanoverian, uh, that I was trying to sell for somebody and he, he liked to rear. That was like his... You know, young horse, like F you, I'm done, and he would try to rear on you. And for whatever reason, he just respected the draw reins. He just would be happy to go forward. There was none of that issue. And this was after like we made sure he was like healthy and fine and there wasn't another reason why he would be rearing. But um it I felt like it gave me a a a good first ride and learning how to be uh I guess, soft and patient and understanding how the draw reins can help, but then you give and then the horse feels, you know what I mean, feels the the pressure from that. Um, and I've, I've always felt like they can be useful with specific horses. So um, I don't know, is there, is there like, Jess, you have like a specific horse that you can talk about, like where draw reins were really helpful?
2: Yeah, um, we have one, we basically, it's actually, it's one, I actually didn't like the horse very much at all when it first got here. Like we picked it out. It was an event horse. It was fine. It was for Doug. And it went up the levels. It went through preliminary level and eventing. And it honestly, it hated eventing. I've never, ever seen a horse hate life more when it evented. And that wow. honestly, we didn't know it hated eventing. We just thought he was young and, you know, just liked to play. But he had this really cool trip where he could rear and run on his hind legs like a wheelie and I mean it was impressive wow. and so and it was every phase <laughs> it was not one phase <laughs> he was honestly he was not a good show jumper um he wasn't a good jumper uh cross country horse he wasn't a good dressage horse I was like what are we gonna do with this thing so <laughs> doug we were at uh, a jumper show with a bunch of our other ones and doug said, you know what we're just gonna dump this thing like let's just get it it jumped well up front like i mean it did have good form and stuff so he's like but i mean it was doing like a meter 10 so we started jumping it and doug got was like let's just see you know took it a meter 15 it was fine next show took it a meter 20 went up the levels and actually within the month of just kind of switching from our event horses to our show jump horses um he kind of just changed his attitude he loved life um, I rode him a bunch more throughout the time. I started him a little bit more, a little bit more, and he was real stuck in the bridle and Doug would put on like, you know, different bridle, like nothing really harsh, but just would try different bits and everything else to see if something, you know, maybe it was his neck. We got looked at. No, it's not. Maybe it's his back. No, it's not. And finally I was just in, you know, a snaffle and I said, let me just have the draw reins. He's being really rude. And he just wanted to like, kind of go like a giraffe. And so, very occasionally, like just stick it on, like Alex said, not every day would you ride him in it. And so, like Doug would ride him some days in something, some days in the draw the draw reins. I kind of would put him in same thing, like different bits with the draw reins. Come to find out, he loved the draw reins, and it kind of like became consistent. He liked the days that he was in the draw reins with the snaffle, just a very plain full cheek snaffle. And so he kind of has come around, and now he does the Grand Prix with Doug and he loves it. And it's one of those things that in his routine of, you know, work, we do use the draw reins a couple days a week and he loves it. Doug doesn't jump him in the draw reins. He jumps him in this other bit, but it's funny that he was one that as soon as he kind of changed both from an eventing, you can't use draw reins at all. But if he's like a little bit up at the show and I'm flatting him at a jumper show, I put the draw reins on him and he's completely happy. So it's interesting.
0: That is interesting. That reminds me of the young one I mentioned too. Like he just was, the second he had him on, he was like, all right, I'm good to go. And I, never yeah, jumped, and I never jumped him in him either, but it was almost like he just needed the warm up in him and then you could take him off and it was, he, it was a different horse.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I, and there are days where I'm not even sure the draw reins are actually touching him. Like there's like a loop in them and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. But it's the same thing as soon as he knows like, oh, and he'll go around, he does nice changes now and so it's it's different
1: the other hmm. circumstance where i found that draw reins are you know a friend and not a foe is you know there are times knock on wood again not often but you know you have a horse that maybe is rehabbing from an injury and you know they might be a little bit fresh because they're not working because they're working back up into full work and they can be a little bit you know you don't want them to be wild or re themselves so you know if you use draw reins to kind of help you know, if they try to spin or buck and you don't want to lose them, it's just sort of an extra kind of tool to keep them a little bit
0: in check. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you ever afraid if you, if like you're schooling a horse and drawings and that other people are at a show and see you that they're going to like judge you or you're going to end up on someone's Instagram?
2: Oh, that was me. I actually, oh. they tried to eliminate me one time because really, well, I was, well, no, they eliminated me. You'll love this. this. is actually kind of just a funny story is it was at the fork last year for eventing. There was a jumper show going on consecutively at the same time as the event. Well, in eventing, you can't use draw reins In jumper shows. You can use draw reins. So we had, of course, Doug's like, well, let's just take some of our big jumpers at the same time that we have our event horses. So both of us are competing at both horse shows. Because that sounds logical. Because uh, that sounds so much
0: fun planning-wise.
2: <laughs> so, you know, our poor girls are like, okay, guess we're planning. You know, normally they get to do one horse show or the next. No, we're going to both. So we had um, a couple of our big jumpers at try-on during the Fork and at the jumper show. And so it was like, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. It was earlier in the week and everyone's down there that's like an FEI, you know, the three stars going on or something, the CIC for the eventing, three stars going on. And I had to flat a couple of the jumpers. And I was on that Grand Prix horse that I was telling you about. And I, and especially like a little bit up, like Alex is saying at try on, I put the drawings on for that day. So I walk them down and there was nowhere really to ride. I didn't want to be in like, you know, the lower level rings. There was nobody in the, um, Grand Prix ring. And so the George Morris stadium. So I went and I'm flatting around by myself, like nobody's down there. And all of a sudden a bunch of stewards come and I have no number, I mean, I, I'm not an inventor, like I'm not on the event horse. And they come down and they're like, you're getting eliminated and you're getting a yellow guard because you're not allowed to have draw reins on. They thought I was schooling for that next class. Exactly. That was the three star. And I said, what guys, I, I mean, I understand I am an inventor, but I'm on the jumper right now. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, there's a jumper show going on as well. The stewards, no one had any clue. And so I'm like, I, oh my gosh, I, I'm allowed to be doing this. I said, guys, I don't, I don't have a number on, like I'm on my jumper. And they're like, well, I don't know if this is la- allowed. And I said, well, there's a jumper show going on. So it's gotta be allowed. Like he goes in this ring later on and everybody was completely confused and they were ready to like write me up for having draw reins on. And I said, well, you're going to have to write me up for two different things. One, I'm flat. If this was an event, which was funny for me, as I said, one, I I have draw reins on and two, I am on my husband's horse. So (laughs) that's both not allowed in eventing. (laughs) So I'm like, this is, it was just funny. I said, this is different rules. So they had to call everybody down and it was, it, it was fine, but it was like the funniest thing they thought I was on an event horse that I was schooling.
1: I actually didn't know that about eventing that you couldn't use reins at all.
2: Yeah. Can't use them. And you can't. So Alex, you know how we warm up um, in a show jumping, you can have anybody else warm up your horse in the class. So you can't do that in eventing. Wow. So like if Doug has rides that are like 30 minutes apart, especially for dressage, like that's really tight. He maybe will have like 15, 20 minutes Instead of like in the jumper world, I'll get on and warm up our jumpers. He can't warm up. I mean, he literally is just stuck in the ride time. So your concrete ride time, he has to stick with it. He oh. has twenty minutes to warm up the horses.
1: Oh, learn something new every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so a, yeah, lot like, it's a lot easier. Are you ever worried when you're in draw reins? Or I mean, it sounds like it's a, a whole different world in the, you know, in the jumper ring that it is eventing.
1: Yeah, I mean, drawings are so common, you know, in in the show jumping. Um, You know, you just see them all over the place. So I I feel pretty comfortable, especially, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm using them on my amateur horse. Like, it's not like I'm, you know, curing cancer. No one's really going to say anything about that. But I also think that, you know, there have been times where, you know, we snap a picture and we think, oh, you know, this is a cute picture of a horse and we'll put it on Facebook, but a horse will have drawings on it. I'm like, mm, maybe we shouldn't post that. Or, you know, maybe we shouldn't put that on social media because yeah. you never know who's going to see something and, you know, critique it in a way that, you know, people are going to be lie. cyber bullied like the amateur. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, in that respect, I definitely kind of yeah. think for doing things like that. But I will say I, I do feel pretty comfortable, you know, at a horse show or, you know, in kind of in general riding, just because a lot of people do use them.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hopefully we made the case on um, why you can use draw reins and not be an evil human <laughs> being.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> so Alex, um, how did you and your husband meet? We had funny stories about how I met my husband and stuff like that. Did you have a funny story about how you and Andrew met?
1: It is kind of a funny story actually. Um so almost 8 years ago this winter, um at WEF there is a pizza trailer called Coliano's Pizza. And at the time a lot of riders would kind of like, you know, go in there and hang out in the trailer because a friend of ours is the one that owns it, Eric Coliano's. And um I was walking in there with my a friend of mine and Andrew happened to be in there also and The owner of the pizza rig kind of said to me, like, you know, sort of being funny, hey, are you single? And I was really shy and awkward. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Aw. He, in front of me, asked Andrew the same question and had me pull out my phone. And he's like, okay, I'm going to give you his number. And I start (laughs) pretending to put the number on my phone. I didn't actually save the phone number. And then upon leaving, he said, oh, did you say, let me see that you saved the number. And it was really awkward because oh, oh my I didn't, god, didn't say the number and yeah, it, it was really uncomfortable. But did you me- know who each other were? You know, kind of, um, okay. we hadn't actually met, but we had mutual friends and, um, sort of as kind of a sidebar to that, my, you know, actually I was a junior when we met, um, <laughs> my junior jumper was named Tornado. And he also had a horse named Tornado, so there would be times where people would kind of confuse us for that reason, because or they'd confuse our horses because we yeah. each had one of the same name. Um, but then I guess that was sort of something we had in common, and then we started dating a couple months later, sort of laughing about that horrifically awkward incident, and we've been together ever since.
0: Oh, and so you guys got married like in the last year or so, right?
1: We did. We got married December of twenty seventeen. Or twenty sixteen. Wow. Sorry.
0: <laughs> You've Aww. been married a month? <laughs> <Just
1: kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's December seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. So it's <laughs> classic mix up. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Thirteen months ago. Almost fourteen. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. so, so how long it
1: you, feels like how- a long year. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> So how long you ago- get were you guys together before you got married? So, like,
1: okay, we were both very young when we started dating. So, we got engaged five years after we started dating. And then it was about six and a half,
0: seven years when we got married. Aww. That's like a cute, like, yeah. a weft right. story. You know what I mean? Like, a weft love is. story. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, it's kind of lame and funny at the same time. We still laugh about it. Um, <laughs> sort of, you know, love in the pizza trailer, but yeah.
2: Where, where <laughs> did you guys both live? Um, did, did you have like a distance thing? Like after you guys started dating cause being in Florida, like did, where'd did you guys go for the rest of the seasons?
1: We did. Um, I based at, you know, I rode nearby where I lived on Long Island. And he at the time was riding with Chris Kapler um, in New Jersey. And we sort of, you know, chatted remotely for a few months. And then the first two weeks in May, there's a horse show at Old Salem Farm. And we both were going to those horse shows. And then we kind of, you know, picked up from there. And then we'd visit each other and you know actually I went to Spruce Meadows to visit him that summer and about a year and a half after that I moved my amateur horse to to be you know boarded with his horses and we sort of started doing it together he started okay. you know coaching me and it's
0: not for everybody but we really loved to do it together so we're really- so yeah, yeah tell me what that's like so that because now you guys have like business interests and you're married and you do horses together, but also have your own, you know what I mean? Like you show on your own as right. he does too. So how does that work? Like, do you ever get sick of each other? Cause you're together all the time. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for 99% of the time, it's great. And you know, we're you know, we work very well together and we can kind of separate that, you know, spousal slash coaching hierarchy. Um, and, you know, for me, he, you know, he helps me on my horse and it's great. And I'll go and set the jumps for him when he's jumping, you know, the Grand Prix classes or whatever else. But, you know, we, we ride together every day and we're sort of, you know, we're watching each other's horses mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, like I'm sure Jess, you know, it's, it's a lot of time together. And even though yes. you're doing what you love, it's, you know, but what we do is difficult at times. So. We try to we try to
2: find other hobbies like that yeah. are not horses. That's it's our big thing. Important. It's
1: very important. We do too. Yeah. What do so. you
2: guys do for fun besides the horses?
1: We love going to concerts. That's like our biggest thing. Wherever we are, we always look at our horse show schedule and we try to see you know where what horse shows we're at and what concerts we like are playing nearby. So one time we were in Tryon and U2 was playing four hours away. So we drove and saw oh. U2, drove back.
2: <laughs> that's awesome wow that concert. You guys. what's your favorite concert first
1: um like all-time favorite do you have what? one favorite i have to say cold play is incredible oh really yes we we actually drove this is really crazy we were in kentucky and we drove five hours to cleveland to see Coldplay, and we drove back that night that um, is dedicated Coldplay is
0: good <laughs> but i don't I don't
1: know if they're that good, but it was was totally worth it. What do you Uh, like to do outside of horses together?
2: We did play golf quite a bit. Um, we got, I was not a very good golfer and just started like playing more and more. And so we'd like kind of same thing, like we'd find different places and like go to different golf courses and start to play. And it was just something different that we could do together, but not horse related at all. And then, um, We haven't played lately because I was pregnant, obviously. And then Doug now, my father flies for fun. So Doug's getting his pilot's license. So that's kind of that sort of thing so that we can go because we're also big foodie people. Like I love food and I love to cook. So anywhere like good restaurants and stuff like that. So we'll go to Charleston or places like that that somebody recommends and we'll get good restaurants. Like we like to eat basically.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, us too. we'll (laughs) go somewhere and
2: be like where's the restaurant and we'll drive far for the good restaurant
1: (laughs) oh I can totally relate
2: (laughs) so yeah I'm like no problem to drive and do that but that's kind of you know we liked golf and uh say we would go down to Charleston for that show or something in the summer and then go you know on the beach and stuff just trying to like make things not just all about horses spending time not with horses so now our interest is Hudson our son because that's all the time we have
1: well hey what an interest to have
2: <laughs> oh yeah no he's, he's
1: precious we we love him
2: he's we're a little biased but he's pretty perfect
0: <laughs> all right guys it's uh our favorite time of the show it's Rose and Thorn so Jess why don't you go first
2: I feel like my rose every time is going to be my child, but he was so cute this week. He smiled. It's so, so cute. He's like starting to make all this expression. So that would definitely be my rose.
0: Oh, Hudson. He's so cute.
2: He is. And then my thorn would be, oh, it's probably lame. It's going to rain two days this week and I hate rain and I don't like to ride the rain. So (laughs) could that be my thorn? (laughs)
1: Definitely thorn.
2: Now that I'm back riding and I can't use the excuse, I'm not riding yet, I can stay inside. Yes, I have to whine about the rain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um,
1: Alex, do you have real rose and thorns? Well, I have a definite thorn. Um, This past week at the barn, the manure removal truck rammed into the back of my car and I need to replace my tail light and part of my bumper which kind of stinks.
0: Oh, yeah. That's,
1: that's way better than mine.
0: Yeah, that toad sucks.
1: Uh, could be worse, but definitely not something that I wanted to deal with. <laughs> no. We're in the middle of a busy show week, but I guess my rose is that we have a bunch of fun horses competing this week and we get started tomorrow, and I'm excited about it. Oh, well, good luck. That's good.
0: Thanks. Awesome. What about you, Ian? Um uh, So Monday is my 30th birthday, guys. Woo. Is that my your dirty... razor thorn? I don't know yet. It's my dirty 30. <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way. I'm actually kind of excited about it. Like I feel like... Uh, you know, I gave it a good go in my twenties. I'm excited about my thirties, so I'm not one of those like sad people
1: about but it. Certainly, that you know, people start to take you seriously when you're in your thirties. So there's
0: that. Yeah, that would be helpful in my life. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, ah, uh, so then I guess we'll we'll make that my rose. My thorn is. Um, we adopted a greyhound a couple months ago and I love her. Her name is Tiki. She's a total goofball dog, but she got like randomly sick over this weekend. And it was like one of those things over the weekend where you're like, she just felt off. Like, this dog loves to eat. She'll eat anything you put in front of her. And she just stopped eating for three days. And I got, we got to the point where I was like, I got to take the dog to the vet. And, uh, but then she rebounded because then we're it was like Sunday night and she had been off like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just not herself, like very mopey. And we don't know the dog that well because we only adopted her a couple months ago. But I don't know. Monday morning, she was like, I'm fine. Feed me all the food. And now is fine. So thank God. But, you know, like that you're that anxious pet parent where you're like, what do I do? And I'm yeah. just trying to force feed the poor dog. That's <laughs> like, so, of my life. <laughs> get better and you're looking up shit on the internet that you just shouldn't be you know what i mean like this isn't gonna help but um you indeed the dog oh, no. yeah yeah <laughs> not a good but no not God. a good sign but she's good she's totally happy and back to like eating and pooping normally now so I, hopefully oh it's just like a little blip on her radar so but hey we did get a mailbag uh and a really cool mailbag this week so i'm going to read it it's from ellen and Ellen says, I've been an avid listener to your podcast since the first episode, and out of all the different horsey ones out there, yours is definitely my favorite. Aw. Hey. Thanks, yeah. Ellen. So Ellen is a 13-year-old hunter-jumper rider from Colorado, and she says, I already have a lease horse, but I'm always looking for opportunities to get more time in the saddle. How would you recommend a younger rider develop connections to find these opportunities In what way of getting more time in the saddle would you recommend the most, i.e. catch riding or working for lessons or I don't know? What do you think? Do you guys, uh, Alex, do you have advice for Ellen?
1: I would say I was definitely in a similar spot when I was that age. And, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, I was able to come down to Florida and show at WEF a little bit when I was around 13. And I would, you know, kind of stake out different professionals that my trainer had connections with. And, you know, if they had any extra horses that needed to be ridden, I would always, you know, try and ride as many as I could because the more time in the saddle, the better, you know, you just learn something from every horse that you can get your hands on. So I would say definitely, you know, don't be afraid to kind of be your own advocate and go to the horse shows and and tell people you're looking for opportunities. And I guarantee you there's going to be one out there
0: somewhere. What about you, Jess? I mean, like when you were younger, how did, how did you earn more time in the saddle?
2: So, yeah, when I was younger, um, I actually just kind of rode for fun. I didn't show a ton. And so basically at the barns and neighbor barns or whatever else I'd go ask. And if, you know, they needed some work or whatever else, like that was it. I'd be like, okay, look, I'll muck stalls if I could ride this horse once a week, you know, kind of thing. And kind of just trade it off you know, work for riding, honestly, and just anytime, like never turn down an opportunity and go to local tax stores if there's any in the area and see if somebody needs help in the barn. And you never know where that might turn to. Like they might then end up having a horse later on that they need ridden.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I I mean, I did the same thing. I had, I I went through like the ponies where I was like, how many ponies can I ride? You know, yeah. where it was like, put me on every single pony and I will ride it. Um, and then, as I got older, um, I was always happy to ride the uh, non-compliant slash semi-dangerous horse. Like, it would throw a kid off, and I would raise my hand, like, I'll ride it. Like, put me on that one, you know? And so I don't know how brave you are, and I don't I don't ever recommend doing a dangerous situation, but uh, I just never said no to an opportunity for riding, yeah. so. And um, it helped... I got a reputation for that, like that Justine was game to ride whatever horse, so it, it helped. Um, I would we would take horses to you know the circuit and stuff, and take client horses, and I would show them, and that would basically be like kind of helping pay for my horse to get there too. So over the years, that it, you, it's interesting how you find rides. And I, I also don't recommend this, but I will tell you in oh, like no. <laughs> late high school, early college, I would post on Craigslist. Like, do you need a horse that needs to be ridden? Email me. It Seriously. And I would say like, I have, references and like past trainers and stuff and i'd be like do you need a horse that needs to be ridden i would post places like that maybe fa- craigslist isn't I like i many the maybe social, anymore.
2: social media now instead of yes.
0: craigslist <laughs> there were <laughs> there weren't like facebook groups like there are now you know there like, wasn't facebook <laughs> i know so but i would just like literally post on craigslist and then like pray to god someone wasn't going to murder me when i showed up there to ride their yeah. horse but it all worked out it's, that's how i like you're I got alive hooked up with. I got hooked up with a Hanoverian breeder and that's how I got my Hanoverian mare for, you know, who I had for a long time. It's, Oh, wow. But I just posted on the internet. So, but but
1: I, Oh, what opportunities there are, you know? And I think also so many people see the attitude, you know, the good attitudes of young, hardworking kids. And they really want to to give people chances where they can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just be eager and be ready, ready to ride anytime. But if you guys want to send us a question, we're always happy to answer them on the show. You should send us an email at hello at HeelsDownMedia.com. Or you can post in our brand new Facebook group, uh, which is, if you search for it, it's Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. All right, guys.
1: If you want to hear more from us, check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet, so you can take it anywhere. You can download it on iTunes or Google Play or check out our website at heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of each month. Did you know you can get the HRN app on your iOS or Android phone? Search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use.
0: All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.